Okay, we're gonna clap on forty-five. Are you ready, Keegan? No. It's we're gonna clap again. on fifty. Are you ready, Keegan? No. <laughs> I'm getting forty-seven, forty-eight, forty-nine. There you go. <laughs> What's up? And welcome to Friendly Fire. What are you think that? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I think it's fine. I am your host, and not your DM, Ani, at Blossoming Grove on Twitter. Um, I'm here today with my players, who are not my players, but just my friends. You can all introduce yourself. I don't need to have a formal intro. Hi, I'm Emma. I go by Miss Megalodon on Twitter. <laughs> you go by Miss Megalodon on Twitter. Sounds like that's. I was your... hoping we just roll with it without <laughs> so like calling sorry. out the fact that I really fucked that one up. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what they call me, Miss Megalodon. <laughs> on, on Twitter, Twitter. <laughs> they call you the Lockfluencer. They do. They do call me the Lockfluencer. I'm Laura, and I'm off the clock, and I go yeah. by Wild Sorcerer on Twitter. <laughs> I'm Soul. It's 90 degrees. I can't have air conditioning on because of recording, but I'm very powerful, and I go by Salivri on Twitter. Hi, I'm Keegan. I go by Steadfast Petrol on Twitter, and the CBD just kicked in. Oh, no. <laughs> Welcome back to our second episode. I don't know if I'm going to put the first one up. This might be the first friendly fire. Just because the first one we recorded, Laura wasn't here. And also, we are so incredibly insane that entire episode. I think if it goes up, it should, I think if it, if it goes up, it should go up at the same time as a normal episode. Just so that's not the only episode. Yeah. It could be a week. bonus on our Patreon. I was going to say. insane if it didn't go up because I don't think I've even listened to it yet. That's fine. You don't need to listen to it. We gotta make a Patreon for that. Just yeah. for that. Nothing else. I don't remember literally anything I said just, in that episode. The only thing I just I remember that I said Tom Hardy could be my dad and you got really, really, really offended. Why would I be offended? Because I was saying Tom Hardy is the same age as my parents, so in theory he could be my dad and you were like no that's not how that works he couldn't be your dad you would have to be british <laughs> that's not that how that works <laughs> okay tom hardy could be my dad there is living proof that you can be american and british <laughs> erasing mixed identities no. <laughs> that oh that that was what came out of the first family fire it was you guys talked about me being mixed race quote unquote <laughs> Because you are. <laughs> British people are a race of their own. <laughs> I think it's so funny for us, like the four people of color on this podcast, to be talking about Laura like he's mixed too. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm everyone on this podcast is mixed. I'm pretty sure. Keegan. Um... Oh, yes. <laughs> my great grandpa's chinese but that's it so true i was just gonna say that keegan was mixed that we he could fit in with everyone else but well, I, he is, didn't... so it works yeah fitting in with laura and the rest of us mixed people keegan is the outlier in every scenario because he's the only one who isn't mixed and he's the only one who isn't a lesbian <laughs> i know 
<laughs> it's very funny. He's the only one who isn't mixed. We can't let the listeners think that I'm a mixed person of color. We never said you were a person of color. We just said I you were mixed. If that color's white, then yeah. You're a PWC, person without color, and that's okay. We're a morning bond. We love diversity. Exactly. Please listen to our show. We have incredible diversity, including mixed people and also white people. <laughs> this. And mixed race white people. This. Yeah. We're the first podcast to debut mixed race white people. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> debut like an album. Yeah. Yeah. New mix just dropped. <laughs> when this episode goes up Laura we should also just tweet a picture of you <laughs> a picture of me as a child with Big Ben in the background <laughs> oh my god wait honoring my heritage can we please tweet a picture of you with badly photoshopped British iconography hey, yes we can start working on this today we could tweet that tonight no contest <laughs> I do think there's a photo of me somewhere age 11 like very like like clearly didn't want to be out walking around at 10pm in front of Big Ben oh my god they took you to see your homeland that's beautiful I think it'd be really funny if we got a picture of Laura and then photoshopped the queen <laughs> we should no we can't sorry I was about to suggest we photoshop me like punching Prince Philip in the face before he died <laughs> You killed Prince Philip. That would have been doing the world a service. Well, my original suggestion was that we photoshopped me killing him, but I really feel like that might be one step too far. I think it would be fine. I think you might get taken off of Twitter. Photoshop you with that one guy who's like crouching, like like with prayer hands in front of the in front of a grave, but the grave just says the Queen. You mean Grant Gustin? <laughs> Whoever that guy was, the player Barry Allen on the CW. You mean Sebastian? That's the Flash. He's he's the Glee Flash, not the. uh, He's not Ezra (laughs) Mintz. Yeah, I didn't know about all the things Ezra Miller did. I thought that they were just stealing cars and stuff, and then Ani told me all the stuff they actually did, and I was like, no way! And then I just saw that they're getting like rehired. Yes. Um, oh my god. Okay. I know that's enough of that. Yeah, we we should talk about the show. So everyone, what are your grows and glows for the first arc? Our first arc was with the Chupacabra. We met all the characters. You guys got to camp. What were your glows and grows? Things that you loved, things that you think you could do a little bit better, both for yourself, both both as yourself, both as your character, um, things that you think the show could do better, I could do better. Hit me with it. Um, one thing that I think that I've been working on growing on and that I will continue to grow on is trying to engage more with the story in character. Um, that's something that I don't think I was super comfortable with at the beginning. Um, but it's something that I've been getting better at and I'm going to keep working on it. Um, so yeah, but I think something that I love is that like, I feel very comfortable to do that. And I don't feel worried that, like, having a conversation in character is going to be, like, a gotcha moment 
the moment I like say something a little bit like silly or whatever like it'll just be taken as silly rather than worrying that it'll mean like a persuasion role or something because I accidentally said something a little too funny funny weird not funny haha anyway all that to say youch <laughs> and what were, uh, what were your glows what were some things you loved this arc I really loved everything about winter wow I'm speechless <laughs> I was because I was trying to think of my glow and I was gonna say that mine was when Winter and Anwen got to go on their uh, little separate sneak mission and we just absolutely so loved it in front of Gladys that was that's one of my favorite that moments that was really really fun I got to just info dump about public transportation did you? yeah Why'd to you, distract Gladys that come up? oh to distract Gladys yeah I was like well, I have some thoughts about the lack of public transportation in this area. And then I talked for a while. I think it's so it's so fun to get like the one on one character moments. That's definitely something that I want um, to like initiate. I think like one on one character conversations is something that I definitely want to like initiate more in the next campaign, because those are some of my favorite like memories of role playing and recording with everyone so true <clears throat> i definitely as someone who has played games with you before um both as a player and as a, your like gm i do think that your character conversations are some of your strong suits and i am very excited to see more of that um even in that one short-lived D campaign that we all played together it was really good and I loved playing with you. I think from the first time we played a game together, I was like, oh man, I gotta play with Laura more because you were just so fun. And then we did, um, you were in the first campaign that, or one shot, I guess, that I ever DM'd, which was the inspiration for this whole season, um, Camp Murdler, which was the first thing I ever DM'd, which was like a slasher horror um, one shot. And Laura was one of the characters in it and you were great in that too honestly um that was that was good stuff especially because you were playing such you were <laughs> you were doing what keegan is doing whereas you were playing a very obviously gay character who thinks they're straight which i thought was really good and funny <laughs> mm -hmm. um i think that's the only time i've ever played someone who wasn't already out so that was really good and um you always have really good character moments so i'm excited to see more of that um, i'm literally so i'm literally like i don't even know what to say i'm so flattered i've been playing DD for so long and i think sometimes i'm i don't know i'm always like worried that i'm like talking over people or like being too much and so it's good to i don't know i just again sending you all so many hearts no, I love having you here. Um, for the audience who doesn't know this, Laura ended up being a late addition to the cast. We originally had someone else, but scheduling didn't work out. Um, and we ended up having to add Laura. And it's very funny because as soon as um, the person who left the campaign left, I was like, okay, I got to find a spot to fill. And originally I wanted it to be an all POC podcast. And then I was like, okay, however... Laura is so good and we all thought you were so incredibly normal for a white person we'd be like okay you can be our token <laughs> white person 
<laughs> you can be the one white guy on the cast um because you're you just you're so fun to play with you guys are all fun to play with i've played with everyone on this cast before we started this podcast and uh, you all bring something so fun and lively to the podcast you guys were all um i had like a long list of people that i wanted to be on there and you guys were all on like the first some of the first people i thought of um laura the only reason i didn't ask you originally was because i was trying to avoid white people no 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 i get it no i i know you i know you get it i was just saying you were on the (laughs) list you were always on the list just a little bit lower because of your um genetics and heritage unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) yeah you lost a couple points for being british but that's okay soul keegan glows grows roses thorns um i think one thing that's a glow for me is how like almost unintentionally we really made a cast that is really like webbed together in a way like when i listened to the first um like episode zero i I, like, remembered, like, not really knowing much about the other, like, cast members, but, like, learning about Maple also having gone missing and, like, Winter being a big, like, person into cryptozoology and, like, Anwen being, like, the resident, like, magic person who's been entrenched in magic. And I'm, I'm like, wow, everyone's, like, bringing something so different, but at the same time, we still meld together in ways where we have, like, links to each other. Like, if we made, like, a little, like, chart where we had to, like, pin pictures of our characters there would be like little webs connecting all of us we're all connected um i think one thing that i would definitely grow is leaning more into the spooky mystic part of my class because i think i had a lot of fun playing my character but i definitely think that there are definitely some moments where i could have um leaned into that a bit more which i'm really excited to do in the next arc yeah, I was also really excited to see Keegan play the spooky, mainly because Keegan, who I love very dearly, always plays very, like, kind of happy guys. And so I was very interested to see what Keegan was going to do with the spooky playlist, which does not necessarily lend itself to happy guys. Keegan often makes, like, just little guys and then i'll be like okay and now i'm gonna give them trauma and keegan is like okay (laughs) so i was excited to see what you're gonna do with it and i think that silas has delivered on all of that um so i'm very glad that you picked this playbook as well this time i stuffed crust the trauma you know there's like a little mozzarella steak of trauma in the pizza that is silas and i'm really excited to lean into that angsty bit um (sighs) Oh yeah, one more thing. One thing I should grow is um, definitely home wrecking Rodney's relationship. (laughs) You can do it better. You can do it faster. Exactly. Oh my god. I'm excited, personally. Silas doesn't know it yet. That egg's cracked, but that chicken's gotta grow its feathers. And that feathers? Bisexuality. I think that Silas did that thing that sometimes children of gay parents do where they like are so exposed to the LGBT community. They're like, no, I'm not gay. That's that would be a cliche if I was also gay. (laughs) Trans hat people exist. (laughs) And Silas is not one of them. (laughs) My bestie David is a trans hat 
son of two lesbians. Ah, oh, shout out to David. David really shout out to David. Oh, Silas wishes. <laughs> Silas wishes. <laughs> the funniest thing about Silas is I offered Keegan the opportunity to go straight, and he didn't take it. He didn't take that bait, so he instead decided to cheat to be a cheater. It's so wild. I meant for like like Rodney and Silas's relationship to be like. Silas is just humoring him because he's like some cringe fail white guy. And I was like, I definitely roleplayed him being like, yeah, I love listening to you ramble to while I go to sleep because you're so boring. It puts me to sleep. But then I realized, oh, that's very, that's, you know, oh, wait, they can't see me do it. <laughs> For the listeners, Keegan just uh, limp wristed. And I think the funniest thing about it was, like, when we made Rodney, for everyone who has listened to that world-building episode, which if you're listening to this, you probably listened to the world-building episode, Keegan is, like, laughing throughout the entire time that Rodney's being creative and is created, and he's like, this is so ridiculous, this is so silly, and now look at him. <laughs> so, <laughs> Honey, you've got a big storm coming. Literally. I really do soul glows and grows me uh Mm -hmm. very self-indulgently i really like just how maple speaks (laughs) i think something it's also it's also a growing thing i need to figure out what i want maple to know and what i don't want her to know in terms of like how in tune maple is with like modern stuff because it's like there's only so many times where you can make a joke it's like what's twitter instagram what is instant about grams like there's only so many times you can do stuff like that so i kind of need to figure out all that stuff for sure a glowing thing a glowing thing (laughs) as for glows i'm like trying to rewind what we've done i really liked burying the alpacas I thought that was a really funny thing that we did was when we took the alpacas into the forest. <laughs> Just because I really like the Didn't I try to like talk to their spirits? Yes, you, you did. did. And it didn't work out. You got a headache. <laughs> and then we, we only had one big shovel. And so Maple used a move to give you all little shovels. Trowels. Yep. That's where the party name came from. The Trowel Troop. Who's your favorite NPC? Who's my favorite NPC? Yeah, what's everyone's favorite NPCs? <sighs> Gosh, that's hard. I do love Jotmeal. For like any particular reason or like... I think he's fun. I love his dynamic with Winter. <laughs> he's so <laughs> aggressively normal in comparison. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the really funny thing about like the character episode was that i think ani described him as like really unhinged because of the scarf bandana combination and then we actually get to see the guy and like comparatively to winter he is so normal it's like and the thing is is i was like in my head joe oatmeal was gonna be a little bit wackier but i was like okay this scene is just winter and also laura screaming back and forth with a child (laughs) about how 
like, I hope you draw me bleeding out. I hope you actually come and kill me IRL. And I was like, I feel like it's the adult in that situation. <laughs> like, what do you even do? You just kind of go, wow, that's a really un mentally unwell child on both fronts. <laughs> and so then Joe Oatmeal just became he went from what originally was supposed to be this like kind of wacky guy to being much more mellow because he was like because I was like I can't add more chaos to this scene I think it will just become like a Looney Tunes episode if he's also nuts so I was like all right he's gonna be a little bit more toned down so he's still a little odd um but I think winter is just so odd it balances out uh, I'm always thinking about that scene. I thought I was going to get arrested. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. I like went around and told all my friends when I was like, "Phew, I thought I was going to get arrested." And then Anna went, "I don't think social is the only type of anxiety winter has." I think about it all the time. <laughs> Literally, winter is so funny, and I, I, I love watching the other party members interact with winter because it is just like winter says something absolutely insane, and everyone else is like, "Okay, I'm, I'm gonna take a second to process this." Okay, we, this can be normal. <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> and winter's like, oh, nobody's shoved me in the mud or called me a loser <laughs> i'm winning right now you guys <laughs> it's so funny to play someone who is like so convinced that they're like edgy and cool but like also is such a loser because I, I i me laura really only ever play people who are like kind of sad in like that way like, I really only play, like, pathetic little guys. It's true. You play very scoopable characters. Yeah. All of your characters feel like they need to get scooped up. Um, yeah, they all need to go in the pear shake box. Yeah, definitely yeah. that, too. <laughs> My favorite NPC, I think, has to be Chip. I... He's so... The thing about Chip is that originally he was in the original because Chip is an NPC that carried over from the original like mystery murder campaign that I did before my first ever um, a one shot slash campaign that it ended up becoming. And in that he was very much so like very, very chipper. And then we did, like, the world-building episode where we rolled attributes because I was like, oh, that's fine, whatever. And he came out as, like, kind of email. And in my head, I think the way that it manifested is, like, if y'all had met Chip 10 years ago, he probably would have looked like Pete Wentz at the height of, like, his career. Very, like, <laughs> just, like, a very openly emo and like not it's just like not well adjusted okay not well adjusted is not the term that I want to use you can be emo and well adjusted but like very much so would have looked um sort of entrenched in the like goth emo um sort of aesthetic and lifestyle and um 
because I rolled the stuff that was like, oh, he also is doing this job because he doesn't want a real job. It kind of ended up manifesting as like, okay, this is a guy who is trying to cling on to his youth but is like slowly but surely being pushed into adulthood so he like looks really normal but then is like a little bit odd um where he like it just seems to be a little too um casual a little too bad at his job a little too into his like band that has never taken off you know um so I just love Chip because I think he's really funny <laughs> and I also think it's very funny um every time I have to try and pretend I know anything about um <laughs> emo punk <laughs> all, like alternative music it's a lot of when we record um it doesn't show up as much in episodes but when we record it's a lot of like long pauses as I'm googling emo bands <laughs> Or Googling, like, emo boy aesthetic. <laughs> I really like Chip as well. And I think you can maybe hear it. It's been a while since I've listened to episode one. But I think you can hear it uh, in my voice that it was hard for me to interact with this version of Chip. Because the version of Chip that was in Camp Murdler, the first, like, summer camp slasher, was a craven, cowardly <laughs> man who let all the children die. And I hated him so much that after the mystery was over, we killed him, did we not? You did. We murdered him in front of everyone. <laughs> and so I think you can almost, he you can hear it a little bit in the first episode. I like am hostile to yeah, him. You are. <laughs> he, like, he offers you a CD of his band and you're like... Oh, just really annoyed about it and it's very funny because i did forget that like at the end of that campaign after like they had solved the murder murder and everything um like come because the game was originally run in D D, and combat was over like the whole thing was over and they all just decided like actually we want another round of combat we want to go track down chip and kill him and i was like dude is literally just an npc like we don't have to run combat for that you killed him in front of children yeah, like, like it was brutal they like killed him <laughs> like, how did we get rehired for the second summer like, after at the that camp bonfire because i think the way the i think eventually you ended up saying that it was like the murderer who did it um you, yeah we probably just lied yeah you were like he was one of the casualties and it for sure did commit <laughs> that murder yourself um <laughs> But yeah, so that's also really what makes Chip funny to me is like having to think about what his past version of him was like and also this new version and try and blend them. I really like Bethany, mostly because I think it's so funny hearing Ani try to be a true crime junkie. <laughs> I know a lot of it is me like having to take these deep pauses before I say things because I truly hate true crime as a genre. And so it's a lot of me being like, no, it's not exploitative at all to do this thing that I'm about to do. <laughs> when have two people ever been murdered at the same time? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, a murderer will just give me an interview because they're all narcissists. Right. It's it's a lot of me like having to because it's it, I think Bethany is probably my least favorite NPC to play because it's really hard for me to do the true crime stuff it's just it's so hard the entire time i'm like 
this is insane i sound insane how do these people do it every day and like as so a lot of the time when i'm playing bethany it's a lot of me struggling <laughs> to answer because i'm like i know what i should be saying but i can't i can't do it um <laughs> so i spend a lot of time um struggling with bethany i think i'm sorry for putting that on you <laughs> no no no. it's good it, it's also fun because i think bethany is a fun sort of like parallel to winter um bethany is like so much it's interesting that she's they she they she they i don't that's the one thing about bethany I that i never remember if bethany is she they or just they them we uh, we use she enough that we should just change it to she they like if we're yeah yeah okay in the original i do say they them but we use she so mm -hmm. much we should just mm -hmm. add it in mm -hmm. yeah that's fair pardon me bethany it's okay i don't know what it is about this character in specific because i usually don't have trouble with like pronouns for characters but for some reason bethany really maybe we were thinking about our friend yeah, bethany because of our friend oh, bethany. that's probably what it is <laughs> we do know hi bethany. bethany hey bethany hey bethany <laughs> everyone should go follow bethany on twitter at saves the cat saves the cat um sorry i don't know why i decided to echo you there i just wanted to emphasize it no i loved it um other favorite npcs keegan you know who I'm gonna oh, say. I always forget <laughs> that Rodney's an NPC because he shows up so much because Silas he's is up your PC. Literally, he's my PC because he shows up so much. Alternate, we should get Rodney as a keeper PC. He's the mundane or the pararomantic, depending on like what our timeline is. <laughs> Help. I like I genuinely forget Rodney's an NPC because he shows up so frequently. I'm like, yeah, this is just the guy I play in this campaign. <laughs> I really like spiraled into Discord about an alternate universe. The broke um, broke back mountain verse, if you will. <laughs> the broke back mountain verse, if you will, of them just being camp the buddies. Spiral was insane. I loved it. <laughs> Silence was the best man at <laughs> At Rodney's wedding. I almost, Ever. for some reason, my brain filled that in as best man at Rodney's funeral. And I was like, wow. Help. I would like to read the God. message that Keegan sent no. regarding the Brokeback um, Mountain AU. Oh, please do, please. actually. Please do. Please refresh my memory. I need to. I'm also going to mute you guys for a sec so I don't <laughs> hear you while I'm reading. There is a world where Silas remains a single bachelor wealth. <laughs> I couldn't even think about the first sentence. <laughs> Sorry. There's a world where Silas remains a single bachelor well past typical marrying age and visits Rodney's family during holidays and goes on fishing trips. <laughs> Not the fishing And goes trips. on fishing trips that get so upsettingly close to real intimacy. <laughs> They're <laughs> normal. Okay. Real intimacy every year. And after that, they just go on with their lives as usual until the divorce. 
<laughs> I have reached. Oh my god. The fishing trips are red, like get me. Yeah, it's the they get it's the fishing trip that upsettingly gets upsettingly close to, close intimacy. to intimacy. Is put that in your quote bot. Does that imply you almost have sex every fishing trip or? <laughs> oh no! I was thinking intimacy of just like closeness with another person, but sorry that I uh, I thought of it as they definitely do have sex and their sex is almost intimate. Help! Help! No, I was just th- I was envisioning that thing that guys do where they're like not looking at each other <laughs> and then sitting next to each other and and then one of them will just go like, "Water's beautiful." Today. <laughs> Laura wins. Laura wins. He got it. Oh my god. In my head, it was very close, like, Regency romance, where it's, like, very, very stilted. The hand flex. The, like, they're sitting on the boat, and they get just close enough to touch pinkies, and then as soon as they touch, having to move their hands away and pretending it's not happening. That's what I was thinking of it as. As soon as their pinkies brush, the fishing pole goes... The line goes taut, and they have to catch right, the fish. Right, their hands brush while they, while they put bait on the line. <laughs> <laughs> I do really love the version of this where it is that they <laughs> are having sex, having sex every on the boat. time, and it gets like, yeah. and it gets so close to being intimate. Every single time, there's a point at which someone pauses, and it sounds like they're going to say "I love you," and then it's <laughs> over. Yeah, but they just call it letting off steam. Yeah, I do think that's oh also my god. Yeah, Sadni, your rituals—they are intricate. Literally, Sadni, your intricate rituals. I I feel like probably their first summer. Silas and Rodney um, used to have wrestling matches that just like were weirdly intensely homoerotic to where like everyone else would just kind of walk away every time they started to wrestle. (laughs) (laughs) No one else wanted to see what was going to happen at the end of it. Like it always sort of ended where someone gets pinned to the ground and they're like breathing really hard and they're looking at each other and then someone has to roll away and then they act like it didn't happen and everyone else is just really deeply uncomfortable. (laughs) I'm always thinking about how Keegan said that Silas and Rodney have a Snapchat streak for like the entire year except for when they're at camp together. I also like the little um, thing that um silas and rodney do sometimes when it's bedtime and they're like talking to each other well they'll like reach hands through the the bunk bed and it's a lot of like hand touching and i'm like wow those bitches gay so you guys most of us are coming from a D &D background and for a lot of us this is some of our first times playing like a pbta system um I'm just curious a little bit, how has, like, how has that switch been? How are you feeling about the system? How are you feeling about, like, moving away from D&D? I know we all kind of struggled a little bit when we did combat for the first time, trying to do it in a way that mm-hmm. it, there's no, like, you can run X amount of feet in a, in a round or very, like, hard initiative. And so I just, I'm curious to see how that was going for all of you. I love it. I My favorite thing is that I can just try and think of solutions to problems without having to worry about, like, if it will all be for nothing because, like, the dice are weird 
or something like you know like i like that you have to actually do real problem solving in this system something that pbta um this is my technically the first pbta game ever played but uh i've listened to a lot of friends at the table and they play a lot of pbta so i have a relative understanding of it coming into it regardless of personal history and something that pbta does really well that stands out in comparison to D is we've really been able to interact with each other um ani eames keegs and i we did a greek mythology campaign and in that campaign it feels like we never really talked to each other or like did any real role play stuff until like somewhat recently and mm-hmm. so it's really nice to be like role playing a lot from the jump that's a lot of fun for me. Yeah, I I like that PBTAs. Um, I like that PBTAs really sort of encourage that interaction um, by being narrative based, and so like it's really hard to not interact with other players because you don't have a ton of stats to roll. So it's not like in D and D where it's like I can go figure this problem out by myself. I have spells, or I have um, I have a really good persuasion. Like it, ref- it kind of requires you to work together and come up with ideas together to really be successful Mm -hmm. which I really like about it I also like like Emma was saying um the fact that you can play and plan for things and if you roll badly it's not completely thrown off like a lot of D&D is like if you don't roll high enough you don't get what you want um while a lot of PBTA is like okay you get a mixed success or you get like um and this isn't just pbta this is also like forged in the dark and just non-dnd systems a lot of it is like you get to make success or you get a success and a consequence and so i really enjoy that and then it does make it so when you do fail it um leads to something interesting instead of something like not happening at all which i definitely yeah. think when we played dnd i did a, i spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to incorporate like mixed success but dnd just does not lend itself to that so that is something that i've been um very happy about um in playing a pbta i think one of the big differences that can be really hard to see as a player is um how much easier pbta is to run than dnd because like you were talking about Ani, um, there's just like so much of D and D is like on the DM to be good, mm-hmm. and like like because you can incorporate like mixed success to an extent, but there's no like mechanic for it, and so D and D is kind of just like, well, if you have a good DM, they can do that, but like when you have actual mechanic for mechanics for it, it's so much more approachable. Mm-hmm. I know um, I have played PBTA before, and specifically I've played Monster of the Week. I played the Spooky Playbook. <laughs> um, and I it was one of my favorite systems I've ever played. And so when we made the switch, I was, like, so excited. And I was like, absolutely, absolutely no problems. And I loved it, and I still love yeah. it. Yeah, I just, like, so much of when we were playing for the first time, I was like d makes this so slow and like I have to do especially because this was we started right for my senior year of college and I was like D&D requires me to do so much planning up front that it's not like 
it's an, it was it wasn't sustainable while I was also trying to finish my degree. Um, and when we switched to PBTA, I was like, wow, this is a lot easier to navigate because I don't need to plan as much. Like so much of PBTA is focused on letting your players tell the story, which has been really nice because it, I think it leaves more room um, for us. It leaves more room for us to really explore storylines that we want. Um, I think one of my grows is I would love to encourage you guys to do more um, descriptive things of like when you want to do stuff and you're doing something cool, like describe it for me. I I know we're all coming from a D&D background where it's like you do something cool and then your DM describes it for you. But like I would love for us to at some point reach a point where like you roll that success. Tell me like tell me what it looks like. I'll tell you what the consequence looks like, but you tell me what you get. Or like, I'll tell you, all right, this is what's going to happen. Here's what it's going to look like. But you can describe for me how that happened. So I tell you like, you know, you're going to take some damage. This monster is going to bite you back. But give me, paint me the picture of how this happens. Like, that's what I would love to see at some point. Um, but I do, I do also understand coming from D&D, that is something that is like, it's a skill that you have to kind of hone. Um, especially when like Dean, we've talked about D and D has very, um, strict sort of like roles where it's like, if you're a player, you're here to roll and you're here to play in the sandbox that the DM has set up. The DM has to do all of the front loading and you're there to do the cool stuff. The players are just there to experience it. And so I think that sometimes that makes it a little hard when you're doing, um, non D and D ttrpgs where it's like no you get a seat at the table you get to describe these things it's not just on me um but yeah i'm very i'm very happy that we made this switch yeah it definitely feels like the ttrpg equivalent of getting your cast off after a long time and you're like wow i can like move my arm like this like i didn't know i could do that and it's like i think i remember like during our first combat i was so anxious about like oh my gosh, is Silas going to get there in time to like help Maple fight off the Chupacabras? And Ani was like, no, you can just like do the thing and like describe it. And I think there's a very like freeing aspect to the point where I definitely feel like I've broken out of my like old thresholds of how much I like thought I could roleplay. It really like broadened my horizons of like how far can I like narratively push this character to interact with the other characters, which... I love it. It's really fun. I also love how episodic Monster of the Week is. And I think that lends itself well to podcasts. Because, like, the different arcs are, like, built in to the game. And it's just, it's so fun to, like, finish a mystery and then be like, all right, now that's over with. We can go back to being normal camp counselors. (laughs) (laughs) And I think... From the second arc, my goal is to go a little bit faster. I think we spent a little bit, uh, I think because we were all sort of getting our bearings, we spent a little bit of time doing like other stuff and not a lot of stuff focused on the mission monster, which is fine. Like I don't, I don't mean like I'm going to start railroading you guys into doing the mystery, but I do think 
um because we were setting up the setting and then also we did like a mid arc kind of downtime episode because I was like we jumped immediately into this mystery and didn't really do anything kind of showing your lives as counselors I think as we go forward there will probably that stuff will sort of be outside of them like um mysteries like it'll be interwoven in the mysteries but we probably won't have as many um times where it's like all right let's stop the mystery for this episode let's just do downtime and we'll do stuff like that at the end and then a lot of the like camp stuff will be sort of incorporated more um but yeah so i'm i'm definitely excited to see what it looks like when this stuff starts to pick up a little bit and it's like really like we're doing you know three episodes and that's a whole mystery um unless something crazy happens and it ends up becoming a huge like a bigger problem but i'm i'm definitely excited to see what it looks like once we start really leaning into that like episodic monster of the week um trope it's also something coming from not just like a background of playing D, but of watching actual play shows is i keep like trying to find the bbeg and like <laughs> trying to figure out like who sent these chupacabras you know like all this stuff where it's something that I'm adjusting to being like, oh, it's a small mystery. It doesn't necessarily have to be. I mean, but like maybe it will end up being part of a bigger mystery. But like, I don't know. <laughs> Settling into the current arc is something I'm working on. Yeah, definitely. I think you're doing a good job of settling into it. I could, I can see how, like, now that you've said that, I can see how in the first couple of episodes you were definitely doing that a little bit. But towards the end i I was like we have to stake out and see we have to ask the chupacabras their motives (laughs) which to be fair they do all have motives every monster has motives every month um a lot of monsters have minions um there is i mean i do think it would be a good avenue for you guys to also see if there are larger connections especially winter whose whole thing is being a conspiracy theorist i would love to see i haven't done a lot of conspirating yeah i would love to see winter lean into that a little bit more and do more of the like how is this all connected but i also think it's our Mm -hmm. first arc as characters you guys are probably your characters are like oh this was such a weird thing to have happened yeah. once it's like and now let's go back to being normal camp counselors right. and by the time you hit your fifth monster i'm sure you'll all be like okay this has got to be connected somehow right these guys aren't coming from nowhere right and then it also helps that we have like characters who are also like connected to the woods in strange ways we don't quite understand mm-hmm. Ugh, maple and silas are i have so many thoughts about them they get to me they get to me especially silas because there are things that i want to correct you on and say to you but i feel like i shouldn't do it and that that should be something that i let happen narratively but there's been a thread that both you uh both silas and maple i've been following that is technically not correct and i just i haven't said anything about it and i'm not going to elaborate anymore because i want you guys to figure it out and play but it's so fun to be sitting here and watching you guys do stuff. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. That would have been crazy if I planned it like that, huh? <laughs> that's like <laughs> that's like in um, our Greek mythology campaign when uh, you guys discovered Dionysus for the first time and you were trying to solve that mystery and you were all like, oh my God, it's so obvious. It's right in front of us. We just have to pour the wine into this cup. And I literally was sitting there and I was like, 
wow, that would have been a great ending to this. <laughs> that is not at all what I had planned. <laughs> that would have been really cool. And sometimes that's how I feel when you guys like start pulling on threads and I'll be like, wow, that's not what's happening. That's a really cool idea though. I might steal that. Um, have you, I was about to say, have you ever pivoted at least so far in a way that you could tell us? Yes, I definitely pivoted when Ames <laughs> was like, and it's related to all of the supernatural community. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're going to do a- Bigfoot is my uncle. It's <laughs> like, okay, we're going to do a hard pivot here and I'm going to start incorporating that into things. Um I'm going to start giving you guys a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more tidbits about cryptids. I'll let anyone know more things about monsters um, the, because of this connection. Um, so I that was so thing. fun. And I love that Aaron's on those boards. <laughs> yes. Is Aaron Winter's Mutual? That's so funny. <laughs> They're both on the cryptozoology boards. Yeah. Do you have mutuals on boards? I've never been on a board. No. It's people that you know, you I can, think. Yeah, you can follow people and they can follow you back, but it's more like a subscriber thing than a yeah. follower thing, if that makes sense. Like, you're mm -hmm. like, I want your content to show up in my inbox when I check my personal feed on the forum. And so, like, instead of it being, like, a mutual thing, it's like, oh, this is my mm -hmm. forum friend who we're all on the yeah. same boards. And when... And you all, like, DM and stuff. Yeah. Also, um... I what I one thing that I think is very funny is a lot of forums will show you who's viewed your profile mm -hmm. and I'd love for this to have made winter's like holy shit like the admin just viewed my profile like all the mods this bitch I hate has been on my profile seven times in the last day and then they're like why are you obsessed with me and winter's like no I'm not and they're like uh you viewed me like 25 times in the last <laughs> hour yeah Something that came up, I think, at like the very beginning of the arc was Keegan kept talking to Maple as if Silas knew who Maple was. And I don't know if that was just like a miscommunication on our part, Keegan, but it was really funny. Because <laughs> you were like, I have this TikTok, I want to show Maple. And, and I was just like sitting here with my microphone muted, like, I don't think Maple knows who you are, Keegan, but yeah, sure. Show show Maple the TikTok, <laughs> which is fun because it was a miscommunication. But I did do a pivot and I changed some stuff around. So there's a reason that happened. It hasn't shown up yet in play, but there's a reason why Keegan thought yeah. or Silas thought I, that. Yeah, I had assumed that that was going to be incorporated into the fiction just because that was that's really interesting. Obviously, like Maple's been dead for decades. Wouldn't it be funny if somebody knew who Maple was? But that was, it was just really surreal. Like, I think first and second episode, you kept like, I was, I'm saving a seat for my friend Maple. And it was like, Sh I'll take it. Don't know who you are, also, though. As far as Maple knows, they've been dead for the last couple decades. There's a lot of fun background stuff happening that we haven't gotten to play with yet. But there's a lot of, there's, there's some clocks moving in the background that I'm very excited about. Oh, the clocks are sort of like um, the, was it the ground itself? The mm -hmm. like world building game? Um, the one we did to create the city of Marathon? Mm -hmm. I think? Yeah. That makes much more sense to me now as just the mechanic. Oh, yes. Now that we've switched to playing games that have clocks. 
Yeah. Sorry, I just kept remembering, and I remembered we also had animals in that game that got killed. <laughs> we had sheep, I think. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> oh, no. And then R.I.P. Ben and Jerry. We kill a lot of animals on this show. You? Or, I guess in my purpose. campaign. I guess it's yeah. you. Yeah, I kill Me. a lot of animals you are the in this one. campaign. What can I say? You're just like Brennan. Gonna kill that dog. Alpacas. Well, <laughs> well, no, because it's either that or I start killing the children. Would you rather me start <gasps> killing the camper? Okay, that's our, you're right. <laughs> like, would you rather the monster of the week killed a couple kids from the swim team? Like, I'm backing down instantly. <laughs> Stick to your guns. Yes, I would rather you kill children. Okay, great. That's good to know when we start this next arc. I spent so much time planning how to not kill the camp count like the camp kids every arc every session i'm like okay who could they kill instead of the kids and then you got rid of all of the animals you got rid of all of your options in the first arc can't they just do property damage no that's also true that's true this is america property damage is taken very seriously well that's not what's happening this next arc I as got per Laura's request, as per Laura's no, request, no. I will start killing the kids. No, no, no. Don't start killing children, please. That will make this podcast really depressing out of nowhere. <laughs> Laura asked me really nicely, what could I do? Okay, and I'm and I'm your favorite, according to you, like twice. And I'm saying, please don't. Yeah, that's true. Soul that's ranks true. above me. That is that's true. true. It is in terms of people. <laughs> Also, in terms of what was the episode that we had where you asked everyone to say something to me on Twitter? (laughs) (laughs) I said if you had any problems with how I was running the game to at Laura. Oh, then let me at Laura right now. Stop killing animals. Okay, yeah, so if you start killing kids, everyone's gonna come for my dick. Out of nowhere, just say at Laura. Stop Stop killing children. children. (laughs) Okay, I backed down immediately and then and then Emma said stick to your guns. I got excited. Your guns. Is the downtime episode going to be released before this episode? Yes. Are we confirming that? Yes. Because I was gonna say, speaking of like speaking of Lauren, speaking of winter. The fact that we went like, oh, this is going to be a chill arc smash cut to everything that Winter had going on was so funny. I did not mean for that to happen. I think I, I expressed this to everyone right after we finished playing, but obviously it wasn't recorded. I literally thought that I was going to give it a yank and it wasn't going to work. And I was like, that, and I, that was the last thing I was going to do because I truly was like, I don't want this moss to take up the whole episode. And there's clearly like, I'll find out in time and I'm just going to leave it. And so I was like, I'm just going to give it one yank because that's what I would do. And that won't work. And then it'll be fine. And we can move on and have a normal episode with everyone. Um, and that's not what happened. It was very funny because I think that was like the second time you had said that like Winter was trying to pull off the moss. And so I was like, okay, I'll let it happen. Mm-hmm. The moss will come off. Because originally, because I think Winter... I don't know. I have accidentally role played her having a, a really hard time going to sleep because I think this is the second time in a row now that I've said that she just like is laying awake in bed. Yeah. And so I had said that she was like picking at it like a scab. And I originally like really liked that visual and I was going to leave it at that. And I was like, well, she'd give it just like one good yank and then be done with it. 
Well, now you are done with it, probably. And now I'm done with it. No, not all well, of it still came some off. Left. You only no, ripped off a I'm... small patch of it. But it's like not going to try again. That's what I mean. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, you know. I don't know. I've learned. I don't know if Winter's learned. I mean, that's Winter, what I was like... going to say. <laughs> she has the vibes oh. of someone who has not learned. Well, Winter, Winter hasn't learned... In terms of she's still gonna like be weird and reckless with the moss. But she's not gonna explicitly. But she's definitely not gonna yank it again because I was like a harm away from dying. Yeah. Which was very funny to me. It was very I was like bleeding out. (laughs) It was also so funny that it happened. It's specifically like all the role play before it, I was like, okay, this makes sense. Like I'm gonna go take a shower. And so I was like, okay communally have a chat with bethany no problem immediately start bleeding so hard i'm naked i can't run anywhere have to go get a towel and then sprint across across the camp while i'm like gushing blood it was so funny because emma like anwin was very reasonably oh yeah winter got bitten by an animal and then winter was like I super glued moss onto my skin. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I was too caught up in trying to explain away the moss because that was the thing that Winter was like, I'm gonna get murdered because they're gonna see the moss on me and I'll be arrested. And what? Um, I don't Winter's that's what the way she thinks. <laughs> was Winter is Winter's mom like a cop or something? Why are you so afraid of getting arrested? I don't know. I guess uh, I I guess I just kind of said that right now as like a joke, as a callback. But maybe I mean, who knows? I don't want her mom to be a cop, but I also don't want anyone to like her mom. So that might be a good way. I think um, Laura's new stepdad should be a cop. I was gonna say. Think, oh, ew! That what did? Oh my god! I keep forgetting his name. Isn't it I named, him, I named him George once, and then I had to take it back because that's my real life brother's name. <laughs> Did I say Ringo? I think I said Ringo. Yeah, oh, but I yes, don't think okay, no, it's, it's like Terrence. Like Tan, 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 Terrence, Tanner. It's Ringo Tanner. It's something Ringo Tanner. I yeah, love yeah. that his name is Ringo. It's paying homage to your British roots. <laughs> <laughs> Ringo. It's a family uh, name. Is that the why they're in Europe? Is your stepdad British? <laughs> Okay. He's a British cop. First he's a cop, then he's British. Pick a struggle. I um I remember thinking um uh, in the moment that I was like, Silas could definitely actually heal this and the nurse isn't gonna be able to do shit. But Winter found out about magic two days ago and is freaking out and would just go to an adult. Yeah, I that's what I that's what I thought you were gonna do. I thought you were gonna ask Silas to heal it. Which is why I gave you so much harm because I was like, oh, Silas will just heal it and then it'll be a quick scene. And then you were like, I'm going to go to the nurse. I'm going to go to the nurse and she's going to help no, me. No, it makes like... sense. I understood. Sorry for being so negative on that nurse, by the way. I was just shocked. <laughs> no, it was it was kind of funny. The nurse was like, she was asking me so many questions and I was like, do something. I think it was because in that moment, I was like, all right, you're like, 80 years old you've been doing this job for- yes Mabel is she's 80? really old 
I thought she was like in the sixties. She was like twenty. No. I thought she was like 25. No, I thought, no. oh, that's just because I have her description because I'm supposed to draw her art. But I thought Mabel was like 60. No. Well, there are some sturdy 80 year olds. My grandpa's 80 and he's You didn't do an old shit. lady voice. Well, because I didn't. <laughs> Every NPC that you don't do a voice for, I'm like, they look like Ani. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because the thing is, is that I have like, I have like six voices that I can do. And but then I get nervous about doing them on something that is recorded. Um, oh, that's fair. To be fair, though, Mabel does have a voice. Mabel is um, nasally. I don't know how well it translates on um, camera. And also because I was like, <laughs> I was thrown off a little bit because M kept being like, this nurse is terrible. We need to go to the hospital. And he kept making me laugh and throwing me out of the voice. No, there's but, no, I think the alternate universe. This is also a fanfic idea where we actually go to the hospital. I sent Ani a written apology after session being like, I'm so sorry. I got so caught up in the EMT thing. <laughs> which was very funny but mabel's voice is um and i know that it's different than mine because when i do it i have to think about like pushing my voice to the back of my um mouth but mabel is sort of like mabel is a little bit back here so it's a little bit um it's a little bit more nasally it's a little um different than my normal voice um and then so there's a couple characters that i've like it's my voice but with slight variations um Bethany is my voice, but it's a little bit lower and a little bit slower. Um, uh, who else? Um, so Bethany, oh no, Bethany is, Bethany is lower and, um, Imogen is lower and slower than my normal voice. Um, which is because, uh, Imogen's original uh original writing was Imogen was supposed to be a stoner originally um and then I made a switch last minute to something else so but so Imogen's voice something is always else. a little bit so slower low. and a little bit lower um Bethany is just a little lower uh same speed but lower um I cannot do male voices which is the one thing that makes me feel so bad because Chip Rodney and Joe Oatmeal. Well, Joe Oatmeal sounds a little bit different because he's a little bit Southern. Um, but um, Chip and Rodney sound the exact same. And it's because I cannot make my voice deep enough to be like a male voice. So <laughs> it's just my generic guy voice. <laughs> they uh, they both sound like this. <laughs> Very little you difference. Got to toss a bro in there every once in a while. Yeah. No, I, I think it's and, fun though. I like yeah, your guy voice. So, I like your generic guy voice, Ani. But yeah, that is the thing that I struggle with the most. I think is differentiating voices because I can do some accents, but I also am like I'm not going to do my terrible British accent on the podcast because. I think it's funny, but I do think upon listening back to it, I would want to um, K-word myself. So That's fair, and I would be deeply offended. If you did. <laughs> that is true. I don't want to offend you, Laura. <laughs> yeah, that would be very appropriative behavior coming from you, Annika. Yeah, and you know me. I'm really big on not appropriate appropriating cultures, so... 
Well, I think I think you don't have to do like big voices and accents and stuff. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't either. Like I think that you do I think you do plenty. Thank you. I just I I'm always worried. I'm like, this is so this is nothing. This is gonna be so hard to tell the difference. <laughs> it all just sounds like me talking. What do you guys think of the new moves we got um in the downtown app, I think? Like I think we used a lot of new moves there. I'm so excited for the trust your gut move. I can't remember if I used it or not. I think no, I tried you, to use it. You tried to use the one from the pararomantic. Oh, yes, I took um, sense. Is it sense magic or something? Yeah, sense magic. Um, I tried to use it and then it completely flopped because that's the way I roll. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really excited to use trust your gut because I usually play um a magical person um it's honestly really astounding that i'm not and everyone that knows me irl is going to be flabbergasted um and so i really like having a high weird stat Mm -hmm. and i'm really excited to be able to use it more because i didn't i know technically winter can access use magic because we did it briefly at the end of the arc for like kind of her like denouement moment Mm -hmm. but um i don't know it never felt right to do it because it feels like that's just not her domain yeah and that that was a big reason that i wanted to add in those moves was because i was like i just i feel like for people who don't use magic really so like winter and anwin it's just you have this weird stat that you can't really access. And so I wanted to give you more options to access it. Yeah, I know Maple is like technically magical, but uh, like Maple is one of my first physical, more physical type characters. I, I also usually play magic guys. So I'm the tank. I'm never the tank. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. that Maple. I when listening back to episode zero, when you said that she was built like a cheerleader, can't get the image out of my mind. Yeah, it's it's because I wanted to keep some of Esme from our D and D version of this, because Esme was a cheerleader for I her college. I Esme. I forgot that everyone else played different characters yeah. in the D and D version of this, <laughs> except so Winter was cute. also just Winter. <laughs> Proto Maple. Proto Maple had a terrible boyfriend that she came to camp to avoid because she recently had a coming out, her coming out moment, but didn't know how to, like, he was still obsessed with her. So she she went to camp to get away from her boyfriend. But yeah, are there any other moments from this first arc and downtime episode that anyone wants to, like, go through or talk about before we wrap up? Oh, we didn't even mention that I tried to apologize to Gladys. (laughs) (laughs) I just truly, as I think I said this, I can't remember if it was recorded um, or if I said it after the episode was over, but I truly, as someone who's a big rule follower, I could not stand the thought of an adult being mad at me. (laughs) And I was like, I might as well project that onto Winter. That is most of Winter, just me being like, I might as well project that. (laughs) <laughs> that's so funny i i that scene was so good i just was obsessed with you trying really hard to get gladys to forgive you and the fact that it like didn't work at all yeah 
I'm definitely going to try again. <laughs> that was a good scene. I think it's kind of fun. Like, I don't want to speak for Gladys, but I think there's something kind of sweet about, like, you're this old beleaguered, like, you got passed over for this kind of useless guy, and there is just this teenager who just really wants to be on your good side. Like, I think that's funny. I think Gladys thinks it's annoying. I'm so obsessed with Gladys's relationship with the party and how Gladys <laughs> is like friends with Silas. But they're not friends. She doesn't like Silas. She thinks he's annoying. I know, but, but Silas is so under the impression that she likes him. Silas is like, yeah, every summer we said we're going to hang out. <laughs> I can't remember exactly how the conversation went, but I can't stop thinking about where Silas was like, I could talk to Gladys, and Gladys is my friend. And then Maple's like, is she? And Silas was like, yeah. And we was like, good luck. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll believe I you. I was obsessed with the Silas-Rodney dishwashing scene. Um, yeah. That was just, that was everything to me. Keegan's reaction to Sodney's, or Rodney's outfit. <laughs> They are one. Is this? Oh, also, they will just, be. The, the conversation was so sweet. Oh, yeah. I just and like the way that you, the like dramatic irony of of I think who rolled a perception check at one point to know that Rodney wasn't happy in his relationship. And I, I think I, I, I was. Yeah. I was about to say I couldn't remember if it was Silas or not, but like the dramatic irony of the audience knowing that, but silas still trying to be like but you're in like you know what love is and right. rodney just being like yeah yeah the way you described it that he was like he was like really sheepish he was like blushing he was like oh my god his heart <laughs> ripped out rodney and his girlfriend have been together for like a really long time they were together all throughout high school um and he's just like sort of settled and i think it's one of those things where it's not bad. It's not necessarily good either, but it's not bad. So he's like, clearly, like, there's no reason to leave because it's not bad, you know? And so I think, like, mm -hmm. their biggest thing is they're not necessarily happy, but they're not unhappy. Um, and so that scene was just really, I want to say it was, like, a little hard just because I think I was, like, I think that Rodney has feelings for Silas, but I think that it is buried under a lot of, like, guilt and a lot of, like, um, sort of not fully understanding why things aren't the way they used to be with his girlfriend. And so they're that whole scene where Silas is asking them, like, oh you know like you know what love is you're engaged and I think the reason that they're so sheepish is because they they are engaged but they don't understand why it's not like happy like it should be and so that scene was definitely um interesting to me I'm so excited to watch that relationship like develop but all, but not just in that way, but also like in the boy best friend way of like, yeah. I want Rodney to realize that things can be happy. Right. Yeah. Um. And so I, I think that's a lot of it is I don't think because it used to be really happy. And it's one of those things where like it was so good at one point that you don't realize that it's gotten like bad, you know? 
Rodney like talking about love as a choice that they make every day versus Silas going like, oh, my mom's make it look so easy. It's just like something that has stuck in my mind for ever since we recorded that app. And it's also really interesting because me personally, I do think that love can be a choice and it can be because I think especially like when you take in consideration like arranged marriages or marriages or like relation people who stay together for like kids and stuff like you can choose to love someone you can choose to have love for someone and to make them a priority a priority and make space for them in your life but there's a difference between waking up every day and like choosing to stay in a relationship choosing to love someone and waking up every day and being like it's kind of hard to explain because I think it's a very thin line like I think every day you wake up and you make a choice to stay with the person even through the good and the bad times like you make this choice that like there's love here and I'm going to choose to be with this person and I think that is different than like making a choice to stay because you are afraid what not staying looks like and I think that's really um the difference is I think Rodney thinks it's the first I think Rodney thinks it's like I'm making a choice every day that I love this person and I want to be with her and doesn't realize that they are making a choice to stay because they feel like they have to and because they feel afraid to see what it means to choose someone that is not this person it's all like where the choice is coming from yeah like if you're choosing it in order to maintain like a strong foundation for the relationship or if you're just choosing it because that's the choice you've always made Mm -hmm. so Rodney is very interesting to me I'm very very curious to see how this develops throughout the season and I don't know I feel like we make jokes about Silas homewrecking but I feel like the season probably ends like if if we continue to go on this path who knows maybe there will be a moment where Sally and Silas get locked in an elevator together and everything radically changes who knows (laughs) um but I think like there are elevators at Camp Greenbridge there are not I was like yeah (laughs) the elevator down to hell there's (laughs) Um, they do a Camp Greenbridge field trip and there's only one bed and Sally and Silas are roommates. Who knows what happens? Help. Who knows? <laughs> did you guys ever do, if you did like, if you went to like a YMCA summer camp, they did like one day where they would be like, and now we get to go to the pool. <laughs> Sorry we made you hike every day for six days. True. Oh, that's so funny. Hearing Rodney's like part of this like dynamic is so interesting and i think it like really ties into like something that i've been thinking about about like what silas's side looks like and i think it also translates to the rest of the party too is that what's easy about rodney is that a part of silas is like yeah it's very easy going like if i look like an ass in front of him like it doesn't matter it's just rodney but like i feel like that just rodney connotation in his brain has like changed Mm -hmm. over the years and i think like a part of um why silas is not pursuing it is that one he's definitely totally straight but also like two even if he like discovered it a part of him is like a part of silas that i'm really excited to explore in this arc is that compared to the other members of the party 
um not only like being like perceived as older because he's like 23 in like a group of people who look 19 or are 19 but i think like he feels like the woods took something from him and that there's just something that's a void in there and that there's like nothing much to him if that makes sense which is why like even if silas did discover that he wasn't straight silas did not go to college silas like barely passed high school he's just like well rodney's got it all figured out i mean he got engaged after high school and it's like probably in college so like what's there for me to even admire and i feel like that's going to be exciting to explore platonically between the trial troop as well rodney did not go to college rodney went to culinary school oh my god Sorry. Rod- Sorry. Rodney's the kitchen, <laughs> the kitchen assistant. <laughs> He's just like the guy from the bear. This, this can't keep happening. <laughs> Keegan, you can't. Why is Keegan, our friend, tw- Twitter user Steadfast Petrol, falling in love with Rodney Vance? I need to understand. Oh no, but it's very funny. The hair twirlisms happening in this relation in this conversation are so real. Yeah. <laughs> I another dynamic that I'm really um hoping we get to explore in this next arc is also Winter and Maple's relationship. Yes. Um, that's another one where I'm like, wow, there's there's some stuff going on. Mm-hmm. When I created Maple. I did not intend for Maple to be such, to be so like that. But it it's like, Winter as a character is just so pathetic. Like, you know, they're a little guy. Like, the way that, and then obviously Maple's playbook requires them to have a person that they are defending at all costs. Like, that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's my mission. And originally i chose winter because winter made the most sense to me like and when is from across the country like and is already magical already has like a history there that i don't i didn't feel like maple could fit into very well and then silas was an option because silas was also from the forest but or like you know had powers that came from the forest so i feel like i could justify it in a in that sort of way but because winter isn't magical and thus like is kind of less like i don't know it just felt correct for maple to be protecting winter because like the other ones didn't really call out to me because the other ones are like you are here to fight the schemes of an adversary or the end of days are approaching you are either it's arbiter or you're like fighting against it and it's like i didn't really want to have to write a cataclysm narrative if you chose if you choose those two that it's inherently a cataclysm story that's not interesting to me not really uh, or like you are in exile you have to get back like in the good graces of your deity but we weren't doing a deity we were just sort of doing the forest and i didn't really want the forest to manifest in such a literal way i don't know so it just felt right to pick winter and then when i did that i wasn't anticipating it was going to be so homo but then it's like it just happened Mm -hmm. i think that one of the fun things that i decided really early about winter is that you get all these like edgy and it's also just like a kind of character that I'm not interested in playing. Um, you get all these like edgy people who are very like rude and winter is like, has a chip on her shoulder, but she's not rude really, especially like rude to her friends. She's not like a lone wolf type. And so one of the things that I think I love about 
Winter and Maple's relationship is just how whenever Maple has a question, Winter will be like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, this is the answer. No problem. What is there for you to fix? That scene really gutted me. Yeah, I... I can't discuss I have, it. I have a problem when, like, we're... When we're recording, like I feel like the my vocabulary just shrinks, and I don't know how to talk very well. But so I was like very nervous about structuring that sentence, but I knew exactly how Maple was going to reply. Like, what possibly could be there about you that needs to be fixed, or like however I said that, because Maple mm-hmm. doesn't understand. Like Winter has problems that Winter that Maple can't comprehend because Maple's been awake for like a week at that point, but it's like. All Maple knows that Winter is, like, very nice to her and, like, got injured very badly. And so, like, that triggered a lot of Maple's, like, Maple's whole thing is that Winter's supposed to be safe and Winter wasn't safe. And so that started Mm -hmm. a whole thing there. And Maple doesn't understand. Maple thinks Winter's wonderful. That conversation is so, is so, like, it almost like makes me squirm in my seat because I, I'm working on this with my therapist guys. This is like the main thing we're tackling right now. But like one of the things that we've talked about with my, that I've talked about with my therapist is just like, just like um, a core belief that like I need to be better as a person. And so like I accidentally project that onto, which is maybe this is why I put a, play pathetic little guys but I like accidentally project that onto every character I play pretty much and so it like makes total sense to Winter because she's like oh like I've got things that I need to fix and like this was totally my problem and so when Maple's just so simply like but why? Winter's like I have to go sit down now yeah and then M had to go so I will be speaking for M here real quick. But I also think it's really interesting the relationship that Winter and Anwen also have where like Anwen also kind of does the same thing where like when Winter is like, oh, magic is real. At no point does Anwen go like, no, it's not. Anwen's like, oh, like, yeah, probably. I'm not magic, but like, yeah, it's probably real. And I think it's really interesting to see the way that the party just so quickly is so supportive of um winter and like even the way that like in that combat scene the first thing that anwin does is like i have to get winter out of here i'm gonna figure out like anwin doesn't go like i'm gonna try and kill the chupacabras i'm gonna do i'm not gonna do any of that um anwin's like i'm gonna full shift so i can run faster and i'm gonna get winter out of here and it's just like it's great (laughs) that really touched my freaking heart i was so sweet i like didn't even know what to do i was like i guess i i guess i leave and i'm safe (laughs) it's just very funny to me the way that like winter's so loser cringe fail and then like anwin and winter like no you're great you're perfect and winter's like oh my god really (laughs) it also makes it so i I think and this is i think too where maybe i tipped i I start to fall on the sad side of tiptoeing the line between sad and funny is it makes it so much sadder when winter's like, no, like it's not a big deal, but like nobody likes me. <laughs> like I feel like at school she has no friends. No. I mean But like or like or at least like that's definitely the way I've played it up until this point. Yeah. 
which is very funny. I'm very interested to see how the dynamic between Anwin Maple and Winter de develops. Um, also Silas, but I just think that it's with Silas, it's less gay. It's more just best friends. <laughs> I think it's... like the thing about Silas and the other three is that they really remind Silas of their little sister. Uh, and it's very like a very like, I really want these people to be safe. And I really see the spark that I wish I had at their age. Like everything that like Winter doesn't like about herself, for instance, is something that Silas is like, you actually have passion and hope for something. And that's something I wish I have, which is why I think that Moss scene really scared Silas because the thought of like, the thing that happened to Silas happening to Winter is like horrifying because there's so much to Winter to admire and be proud of. And I think that's just what they, that's what they think. And Winter. also Silas doesn't want Winter stealing their thing. <laughs> Maybe that too. Like there's also <laughs> that selfish side. <laughs> you guys found the BBEG. It's Silas after finding out Winter gets <laughs> magic powers. <laughs> What if the BBEG was just Gladys the whole time? <laughs> Ani, sweating? Are you sweating? No, Are you nervous? Why, Did I get it? Why would I be nervous? I don't know if I got it so soon, so quick. Uh, that would be funny. <laughs> Maybe Gladys should be the BBEG. She's like, I just... <laughs> Pivot right now. <laughs> also, who was the hooded person? Who was the hooded person? I can't tell you that. Oh. Was I just want to make sure that I understood that scene correctly. The hooded person was speaking and there was like a disembodied voice also speaking. Mm hmm So the hooded okay. voice was by themselves in the forest, but something was responding. Um Gotcha. Yeah. Just check. So there really will be like a an elevator to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Sally and Silas are gonna get stuck in it. What if we kissed in the elevator to hell and we were both boys? So true. I did say Sally. I guess but I yeah, Sally so true. if it's... Well, yeah, but it doesn't... I, I did it for the meme. <laughs> what would Silas and, and Sally's ship name? Silly. Silly. Silly with an uh, EY. <laughs> someone needs to romance Sally. Break up the min-win polycule and someone go romance Sally. She's so fun and cool. <laughs> and I gave... I, Handed, oh, nope, that was gonna sound crazy. I laid that option in front of <laughs> Keegan. <laughs> I put that key, that option in front of Keegan, and they ignored it. They spit on my perfectly good NPC. Sorry for being so neurodivergent and thinking Sally was just being a bro. <laughs> I'm just not very subtle at all, so that's really funny to me. <laughs> but you but you became obsessed with Sodney somehow. Right. Somehow. I was so convinced Silas was just playing him, but I played myself instead. You thought you were playing Silas, but it turned out Silas played you. This. this. But uh, I'm very excited for this next arc. There's a lot of um, fun stuff happening. We are going to get a little bit more into the horror side of things. Good. I love the horror aspect. There may yes. or may not be some murder coming. <gasps> I can't elaborate. Hopefully not the children. I can't elaborate. You'll just have to wait and see. Dang. It was requested specifically by um, Laura. So you no, know. it's Please not. Don't. 
at Wild Sorcerer, stop killing children. Just 100% clear. We're not going to be killing kids, right? No. Transparently? Okay. No. Mm -hmm. Personally, I'm not super interested in killing children. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Child endangerment? That's fine. But once we get to the line of, like, actually murder... Like, I definitely think that because of the nature of the setting and the age of the children there may or may not be points at time in which children are in danger or it looks like children could be harmed but i know personally i would never a harm a child on screen um like there would be there would never be any like descriptions of child death on screen and also i'm not super interested in doing that off screen either um like I don't think there will ever be a point in which you like stumble across a body and it's one of the kids at the camp. It just feels really like dark in a way <laughs> that like was not really what I want, you know. So um, there there will be child endangerment, but I think that's probably as bad as it gets. <laughs> More likely, you're going to see the camp counselors die before you see the kids die. So. Maybe Sodney will happen. Maybe Rodney will end up at the bottom of a river. Who knows? But yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed this little talkback episode, our Friendly Fire. If you would like to hear the first episode of Friendly Fire, subscribe to our Patreon. Um, That doesn't exist yet. Um, And may not ever exist. But if it does go up, it'll probably be in a Patreon. But yeah, I hope you all had fun. Um, everyone tweet Emma at Miss Megalodon and uh, let them know that we miss them very much and we're very sorry their internet decided to die. Um, at Laura for any future child death uh, <laughs> or anything else that goes wrong. That's at Wild Sorcerer on Twitter and Instagram if you would like to harass them on multiple platforms. Not my Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah we hope you enjoyed anyone else have any final things they want to say follow the podcast at warding pod that's true true and real and tweet about us using hashtag warding pod also that and don't forget to at laura if you have any issues or problems with the show you know what at me with a joke at me with something good that happened in your day don't do that (laughs) no I, i really want that at me with a riddle and if i solve it then, you subscribe to our Patreon that doesn't exist yet. And you subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> then you have to rate the podcast five stars. <laughs> True. Oh my god. If, I rated the podcast five stars. If you I like also- the podcast, rate us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, we appreciate every review we get. And we will see you next time for the beginning of our second arc. Um, yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.